Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is episode 102 here with the boys on the East Coast. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and this is Steve. What up, Steve? Well, same nice, old brother. Nice of you to join us, man. It's so great to be back. We're back on our home turf. Oh, we've been back in our home turf. Yeah, but it does feel like we kind of been running and running and running. I mean, we just, as we're recording this, we're less than a week back from Illinois. And we're already planning on being out and about. You've been out chasing cameras. I'm taking off to go to Ohio to go scout out some new stuff for us. Take the new camera out, do some uh, long lens stuff over fields at sundown, uh, which is kind of funny the way tonight's show plays out. So exactly, I'm hoping for that same luck and to bring back a little bit of something, something and be able to show you what's going on down there in these new spots. So it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, we're just it's going and going. We're like the Energizer Bunny, man. If you think about it, we don't quit. We're just we're just going and going and going <laughs> on the on that, as everyone would say, the grind. You know, it's kind of a cliche kind of thing, but whatever. We'll we'll, we'll steal it. We'll steal it. We're we're looking at, you know, I, I only by the time this comes out, we'll be five days away, and our opening day will be here. In Connecticut, so then we'll be kicked off in deer season, and I would have never have guessed that deer season would have came this quickly. But I'm super excited, actually. Today I got, you know, so you know, all my crappy um, camera footage with my useless um, fluid head there that I had. Oh, I ain't nothing. I mean, it's not useless footage. It's just a little shaky. <laughs> well, with no more of that, I've upgraded my fluid head, and I am ready to rock and roll. I got that. I matched it up on my out on the limb, um, the reach. So I'm super excited for that. And uh, season's going to be good, dude. We got good pictures coming back. Thanks to our good buddy, Cody Evans down there uh, in Ohio. He's been kicking us over some good stuff and doing some, doing some legwork for us. And then Steven's going to go down in there and finalize everything for us. Yeah. We're, we're going to go look at some stuff that uh, we've heard a few people talk about and it looks really good on the maps. Mm. So try to get boots on ground and make some thoughts, plans, and ideas. So when we go in blind, we're not as blind. Absolutely. And you know, it's kind of crazy is that the, I don't know, like I'll honestly like not really blow off my season here, but I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the season. It was, I was late on my, getting my cameras out and I'm just going to enjoy it, man. My, my eyes are just set on taking that drive all the way to Ohio. Well, I'm not going to lie, man. It's actually kind of a relief 
because I have pressured myself so hard for, I'd say, the last three years to really get mature deer here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And now that Ohio is becoming kind of our, our norm for trophy hunting, I can just fill the freezer, hammer down, hunt the way I used to hunt. And then when we get out there, that's where I get selective. You know, one tag, you got to make it count. Mm-hmm. So, so true. It, it, I look forward to it for the fact that I'm just going to hunt Virginia to hunt Virginia. Mm-hmm. As it should be. I mean, I think that we kind of take away from it. I, I think a lot of people too, like trying to get that content, that video, all that stuff. And, and you get so sucked into what you need to do. And it puts so much pressure on you that you almost fail. Right. And it, I mean, not really that you do, but you, you could potentially because your mind is so focused on trying to get the pictures, trying, you know, you always talk about how you're a deer killer or how you're a good fisherman or whatever the case may be. So that pressure just builds and pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes. So to have that relief of just being able to enjoy it, kick back, relax, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is, you know, and what comes of it comes of it. And then when we get out to the Midwest, we hunt like we always do. We hunt real hard. We put in the most pressure as we possibly can. And that is what it is. You know, I'm super excited for Ohio for the, this simple fact. And I've had this conversation um, today, actually. I was on the phone with the boys at Ozonics. And I'm super excited of getting the Ozonics because when we're in those situations and being able to hunt and having to hunt every single day, might not have to worry about the wind. I don't know. I'm going to try it out here on some nanny does and see how it works. But I think that you could honestly hunt opposite winds that you're supposed to and still be successful with having something like that. It's going to be a fun experiment. I'm not going to lie. It's something I have been very curious about since its origins, you know, Mm -hmm. just because that mere fact of, Hey, the wind shifted on me. Okay. Well, let me move that over here. Problem solved. You know, so they claim. I I look forward to seeing it, testing it, and really getting firsthand experience and feedback from it. Yeah. You know, it, it's not an infomercial. It's not so and so told me, but we know they're rich and probably getting paid to say it, which we're learning is not the fact with this particular product. No. But it, it's I don't know. Just I'm excited to add that into the mix. Me too. I think that adds to the arsenal of you know a when we were talking uh, today with those boys over there is saddle hunting is another advantage, right? So you can keep your scent trail narrower by being in a saddle because you can put it right up against the tree and throw a smaller scent trail than being out on a tree stand. So then you throw ozonics on it and it's attacking less molecules as it goes down. So like, there's a lot of things that throw into it. And then you put us in a public land scenario where you're just one step above, above of the other person. If this works in the way that they say it does. Right. So you're, that person might have a scent regimen, somebody else in there, but not to that scale that you are, you're one step above the next guy next to you. So I'm kind of torn on it. I'm really excited to see what it's going to do. And, and it'll put it where we're out there. We're only out there for X amount of time and can only hunt that time. So like we need to get in those certain spots that we know of that we know where them big deer hold up and just get in there and hunt and it's not going to matter. So I'm excited to see what it does. I mean, it's, 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 it's a make it or break it, but I'm willing to take that chance. So we'll see. I ordered mine today. So nice. Screw it. It yeah. is what it is. 
you know what they say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Hopefully it's I, a big one. I, I love playing stupid games. I love winning stupid prizes. So <laughs> I'm always in for that. Speaking of stupid games and stupid prizes, um, I want to thank the everybody who kind of worked with us. Why don't we go through the list and kind of let everyone know who they are, huh? Yeah. I'm ready to cut the Zeus loose. How about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, especially the fr- with the, uh, the the changes and things going on in the company. Once that comes out, that is going to be nasty. The black tip. They got the black tip on the 125s right now. So if you guys haven't checked it out, go on to newerarcher.com. Um, newerarchery.com. They are the official broadhead of the Outdoor Drive podcast, the Zeus Aries. Um, they got the B16 over there. But go on over there. See what you got. Uh, we, we've been hunting with them. We've believed in them for years. Ever since they have come out, we've shot them and hunted with them. That's actually where I first shook, shook uh, Stephen's hand was in the Zeus booth. It was booth, in the actually. Zeus booth, yeah. So uh, get on over there, newerarchery.com. Also, Nor'easter Game Calls, get them in close. The season's about to come around. Uh, go on over to nor'eastergamecalls.com. We have the Outdoor Drive series on there. Uh, if you go into the scroll down, you hit shop and an outdoor drive series. Um, all of our pot calls and our ground tubes. It's about to be seasoned, guys. Get your new calls. These are one in a lifetime calls. They're the greatest things since sliced bread. The rubber tube, you can go from a fawn to a big grunt buck. So go and get yours over there. No your game calls. Also, Gator Outdoors, GatorOutdoors.com. Outfitting the working class. Um, get all of your good true timber stuff over there. And uh, check that stuff out, gatoroutdoors.com. Also, um, Latitude Outdoors for your Method 2, two-panel saddle, and your Method 1 for your uh, – actually, it's not even the Method 1. What is that single panel called? It's just the Method. Just the Method. That's what I meant. So it would be the Method 1. So go and get it on over there, Out uh, latitudeoutdoors.com. They got some knee pads. They got all kinds of cool stuff for all your saddle hunting needs. And then out on the limb, out on the limb, MFG.com. They got your platforms and they got um, your camera arms, a little bit of custom, everything that hush, hush stand. If you guys haven't checked that out yet, it is one of a kind. The Shikar sticks. I'm just saying the Shikar sticks. So go and check those boys out. They support us. Let's go and support them. And uh, let's move on with the show. Definitely, brother. Well, this is definitely a fun one. We get to really sit back and learn about uh, a, a local shop that has now gone national mm-hmm. in terms of things they're doing and taking old things and innovating them and making them new. That was actually kind of cool to hear because that particular company, I, I do recall the decline, the disappearance of it. You didn't see it around. No. And and now it's reemerging. So it's cool to get the story how that happened. It's kind of funny is that like my first site was was one of them and it yep. was just a tiny little pin. It was a brass pin and it had the two little uh little screw uh nuts on it and you would twist it in and out and stuff. Really cool. I remember shooting one my entire life. They used to make a stabilizer also. It was the crappiest little stabilizer you ever could could shoot with. That <laughs> yeah, was probably the original original, right? That was Nick late eighties, early nineties. And then, um, actually I shot a, I shot one of their releases up until probably three or four years ago until I went and switched up. But, um, and then they kind of, like you said, they just straight up disappeared. So it's cool to see, uh, what Jake's done with the, 
the business and kind of revamped everything. And like I said in the podcast, I stopped down at the shop and I had to pick one up just to try it out. So I have one and I'll probably be shooting it this season. So, well, he came out with products that were the best selling uh, particular for that line at Lancaster Archery. So that tells you a little something. Mm-hmm. But the best part about it is the way this all kind of goes down. I mean, he, he's not at home. He's not hanging out there. They're in the field looking for deer, planning out their season as we talk. And, and we had a first on the show. I mean, literally shooters in the field during the show, right? Scouting the stand. I mean, it, that was really cool how that played out. So you guys stay tuned. Um, I know I got a kick out of it and kind of wish that I could have traded studios with him for the night. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it just sounded like a blast. Well, let's take the cruise over get that news for the cruise yeah let's get it all right here we go bringing you the news for the cruise is our good buddy mike salter take it away mike everyone mike here with some news here cruise with seasons fast approaching uh we're going to focus this one on some new regulations here on the east coast and first in New Jersey, where the Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Fish and Game Council have announced that archery equipment with multiple barrels or any boat capable of shooting more than a single projectile is not in agreement with the current regulations and will not be allowed in New Jersey for hunting. The council does plan to codify the ban in amendments to the 2023 game code. Now to New York and some changes for the deer and bear hunting seasons. There will be an antlerless deer season from September 11th to 19th for firearms and wildlife management units 3M, 3R, 8A, 8F, 8G, 8N, and 9F, and for bow hunting and wildlife management units 1C, 4J, and 8C. This is for DMP and DMAP tags only. Daily hunting hours have been extended from sunrise to sunset to a half an hour before sunrise to a half an hour after sunset. Uh, hunters are now required to wear a fluorescent orange or fluorescent pink hat or vest when hunting deer uh, and bear with a firearm. Uh, Anterless harvest is allowed again during the early muzzleloader season in northern zone uh, WMU 6A, 6F, and 6J. Bear season in the Adirondacks has been simplified by extending the regular season to cover the fall hunting the full hunting period. Uh, 12 and 13 year old hunters may hunt deer with firearms or crossbow in counties that passed a local law to participate in the opportunity. Uh, I reported on that a few months back as a change. Uh, There will be a holiday deer hunt, which is an extension of the late bow and muzzleloader season from December 26th uh, to January 21st in the Southern zone. Uh, Now to some significant changes to the hunting plans for the Silvio Conti and Missisquoi National Refuge Uh, hunting plans, which will impact uh, New Hampshire and Vermont. For the Silvio Conti Refuge, uh, hunters using more than two dogs must possess a special use permit uh, in which approval or denial is at the discretion of the refuge manager. Uh, At the Putney Mountain unit, dogs may not be used for hunting any species other than rough grouse. Uh, Training of dogs is only allowed in August and also requires a special use permit. Uh, Night hunting will be prohibited except on the Nulhagen Basin Division, and that requires a special permit as well. And for the Missisquoi Refuge, uh, no scouting is allowed from the second Sunday in March to August 30th. Uh, No hunting 
will be allowed from the second Sunday in March to September 1st, which means there will be no no longer be any spring turkey hunting in Missouri. Uh, no coyote, skunk, and weasel, uh, weasel or opossum hunting, uh, except during rabbit season. And a special permit in Missisquoi is also required uh, for hunting with more than two dogs. Uh, and there are also no longer provisions to allow for turkey or bear hunting at all in Missisquoi. So with all these changes going on, and over the past year, I've reported on a lot of them across the country. Just remember, before your season start, to check out your Fish and Game Department's webpage for any changes uh, to the upcoming seasons, or pick up a hard copy of the regs uh, and make sure you're familiar with them. Um, with that, as always, if you have any news, please send it along. It's much appreciated. Had some stuff rolling in lately. Uh, you can reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or Bearded underscore Bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. All right. Now we got that out of the way. Let's get back and on to the show. All right. We're back on the line with Jake and Elias from uh, Cobra Archery. You there, Jake? I am here. And Elias is too. Say hello, Elias. Hi. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for taking the time, man. Yep. Yep. Thanks for having us on, guys. I do appreciate it. Uh, I'll give you a little update. We pulled in the open field up here to had a little piece of quiet, so we did the podcast, saw a few deer in the field. We're looking at a few tree stands right now as we talk. There's one right there about, how far is that, the last 30, 35 yards? Yeah. About 35 yards, and the other one's across the field. It's about uh, 120 yards, 115, 120 yards over there. So we're watching the deer come out and feed before we shoot them in October. <laughs> when is that when the season comes in there in October? Yeah. Yeah, the season comes in the first Saturday in October. I think it's October 2nd. Um, Pennsylvania doesn't have uh, a very long season compared to other states. You know, other states, they come in, well, next week, Maryland comes in, right? You guys are in Maryland, right? So um, is it Labor Day weekend it comes in down there? So we're actually split up. I'm in Virginia. Trev's up in Connecticut. But, yeah, Maryland does oh. kick off Labor Day weekend because I usually end up getting tags up mm -hmm. there as well just to extend the season a little. And I'm September 15th okay. up in Connecticut, so we're, we're, getting, we're, we're fixing okay. to get it going. But, but the thing is, it's probably no. because Pennsylvania allows – the first week is like a national holiday there in Pennsylvania, isn't it? Kids take the, the week off and well, everything. Yeah, well, that's for, that's for rifle season. Yeah, the, all, the, all, the, all the schools are closed, and it's basically, you know – you know that used to be that used to be the tradition, but now deer season, rifle season, opens up on a Saturday now. It right. used to be a Monday, Whoa. and that was the for all kinds of purposes a state holiday because nobody went to work. It was no one was around, and they sh they shut all the schools down. So um, and then they started closing it for doe season because doe season came in two weeks later, and they started closing that first day of doe season, which was a Monday. So, wow. but now, not now. Everything's uh, open up on a Saturday, and uh, and they go from there now. So it's a little, a little bit different tradition now. That's crazy. So, That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, why don't we uh, turn this key, yeah. man? Put this thing in overdrive. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, Absolutely. where you're from, and a little bit about what you do? Okay, I'm Jake Major. Son sitting here is Elias. Um, he's 11, um, and uh, born and raised on a farm. We are sitting on property that is adjacent to my parents' farm. We were, uh, you know, born and raised in the farm 
and we were blessed to be able to get decent farm. So I've always been a bow hunter, always been a hunter, always fished my entire life. Um, been bow hunting now. This will be my, my, it'll be my 36, 36, 36 or seventh season of bow hunting. I've been doing it since I was a kid. So uh, I've been doing it for a while. Um, we have uh, Cobra Archery, Archery Accessory Manufacturer. We bought Cobra Archery from the previous owners back in 2017 uh, in Oklahoma. And we moved to the PA. So we are in the process of rebuilding that. It's been a little over four years now we had that. July of, July of 17, we get purchased Cobra Archery. And since then, I think we filed, I don't know, 16, 17 patents uh, on that. And before that, back in 2014, we opened up a sporting goods store in Newport, PA, in the rural county of Perry. And, uh, oh, there's some deer over there. So, um, so you know, it's what we do. It's who we are. It's what we do. And we love doing it. Um, we do a lot of fishing on the river. I get out on the river quite a bit. Um, last season, well, I'll be this season, it'll be 21. We started a fishing brand as well, Iron Decoy. And it's going to be coming out in uh, full uh, line of uh, fishing lures coming out in 22. So there'll be, this year we only have nine SKUs. We'll have 80 SKUs for the spring of 22. So, wow. Uh, what else was that, Elias? Oh, yeah. And then we have, um, well, we got a little thing we got going on the side. It's, uh, you'll see it eventually. Elias wants me to talk about it. Um, it's a product called Bursa Ring that uh, will be uh, coming out in 22 as well. It's uh, it's scope rings, so uh, it's uh, you know because you own a shop, right? And yeah. uh, last year we were having trouble getting all kinds of product and all kinds of everything, and our uh, product display for all of our scope rings is immense. You got every size, every shape, every color, every finish, and you got every height, right? And look at these things going. Now there's got to be an easier way to do this. So, um, doing the thing I do, um, design a scope ring of three different styles that when you buy the pack, it uh, universally set, you can make it for low, medium, high, or extra high for one inch and 30 uh, millimeter as of right now. You can do 32 and 34 later, but we have that coming out in 22 as well. So, we really haven't, first time I actually really mentioned to anybody right now just because uh well Elias prompted me to. But we filed patents on it back in <laughs> back in January. So we're uh we're covered. You know, we're covered there. But it should be a pretty good product. Showed it around to a couple of dealers. Um they they liked it. They thought it was a good idea. So we're moving forward on that. Um and yeah, this is what we do. That's so awesome, man. So so you're kinda on the innovative side of the hunting industry now with with having the the little the little shop. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it's true. Um, the nice thing about having the shop is um, we can see what's going on. We can see what uh, the customers' uh, preferences are. We can see what the trends are. We can see what the guys at the shop are doing. You know, all the guys at the shop, they got their, their specialties. Some guys like to fish. Some guys like to fish and hunt. Some guys like just to hunt. Some guys are just trap or muzzleloader. Everybody at the shop, everybody's a bow hunter. Um, pretty sure everybody's a bow hunter. There might be 
one. Yeah, everybody's a bow hunter. So everybody rifle hunts except a couple of us. I I don't rifle hunt anymore, but uh, I will take the boys out rifle hunting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we got guys in the shop there that they really know what they're doing, and, and they're uh, a good knowledge base, too, for, for our customers and also a good sounding board for uh, product ideas. I run it past the guys at the shop, run it past Melissa, my wife. You know, Melissa and I have, have been together since she was 15 and I was 17. So we've been, you know, we started dating when we were kids. We've been na- married now. Like, well, we got married in 93. So two more years. We're 28 years we've been married. This uh, anniversary's coming up in two weeks. So we've been together forever. And we dated for seven years before that. So we've been, we've been together a while. We grew up together as kids. So, but uh, she's a, she, you know, she does all the fish. Actually, she, she can probably fish better than me. What do you think, Elias? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah, better than that. that. It's yeah. like a match made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So we, you know, we enjoy our, our privacy back here in the farm uh, and just doing our thing. So, so these products are you going to go ahead oh so these products are you going to bring them to the ata or the shot show um we won't attend the shot show um we'll probably have an ata just covered up in case one of the someone wants to see them or whatnot but we won't we won't have the we won't have the the versa rings there and obviously we won't have the the the, the, the fishing little brand's called iron decoy and we won't have the decoys right. there. Um, so, but we'll have all of our, our new stuff for 22 for Cobra Archery there. Um, uh, you know, providing, providing they still have the show. Right. You know, they're canceling stuff. I saw that the uh, NRA canceled their show. Oh, really? Already? So that was, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the, the show for this past weekend in Texas. Oh, okay. It was a, it was a show in Texas. The NRA was going to have a show in Texas. I think it was last weekend. And they came out and announced it got canceled because of COVID concerns. So that kind of, yeah, it kind of, kind of worried me a little bit. I don't, you know, I don't know what will happen. In, if this, we ramp into the fall and things go sideways, I would imagine they would start canceling shows again. You mm-hmm. know, people get a little crazy. I think, I think the biggest concern might be uh, attendance. Yes. You know, they might cancel show because be... no one's going to attend. You know what I mean? Right. Right, exactly. So, so why don't you take us through kind of um, what you've done with Cobra since 2017? Well, um, since 17, we bought we bought uh, Cobra at its low water mark. Um, the 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 original owner J.T. Smith um, started the company, um, and Cobra got very large um, over the years and grew into an absolute powerhouse. And then the um, the former owners they got it. Uh, the folks we bought it from, they bought it. Um, you know, God bless them. They 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 weren't they didn't hunt. They weren't innovators. They outsourced their designs. They really didn't. They bought it as an investment piece, and it declined over the the ten or fifteen years they had it, and they wanted to get out. And one of the uh, uh, sales reps that comes to our shop all the time uh, for products. Uh, knew knew I was looking for opportunities and he brought this to us and and uh and we we picked them up three months later we we owned them and ever since then we've been phasing out all the old cobra designs the cobra mentality everything redesigned every release from the ground up started basically just swiped the table and none of the releases you see today 
are are part of the uh, the old the old Cobra. None of them. Zero. We got got rid of them all. All these designs you see today are mine that uh, we created uh, since we uh, you know bought Cobra. Now we had a couple. <clears throat> I had I've been doing my own designs for 10, 15 years, even prior to Cobra. I was shooting my own gear that I made for myself prior to Cobra. So it was a, it was an easy transition for me to do, and that's that's what I like to do best is the design work. That's what that's what I'm I'm very good at doing that. So, um, what I'm are not some good at a whole lot of things, but that's one thing. What are some of the other designs that you've come up with? Is it just releases, or is there other products that you take in also? Well, we have a site um, as well. We've come out this year. It is a uh, I call it a radius technology. If you take a, an archery site, the average you know, archery site's got five pins, and you, you move them independently from each other, and you set them on your yard. It's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, you know. Um, this site um, links them all together, okay? It links them all together when they move. So you move them, you sight in your 20-yard pin and any other pin, and as you move that any other pin into position, it sets all the other pins. Now there is a there is a, a manufacturer out there, Trophy Ridge, good company. Nothing against those guys. They do they have good solid equipment. They have something called React technology. Uh, ours is a radius technology. They have a tremendous amount of parts and pieces that have to go together in order for this to work. Um, for this kind of tech, for their kind of technology to work. Ours. We have less parts than a standard bite does. Less parts. They probably have 50 or 60 more parts. We have less parts than a standard. So it's, it's all machined, uh, precision machined. It works fabulous, built like a tank. And, and on top of that, it's got a two-inch housing. The standard you know, radius slash React technology is like a three-and-a-half, three-and-a-quarter-inch housing, which makes it a great big monster. Ours is a small two-inch housing. It's really compact, and it's built like a tank. And then uh, also for 21, we come out with broadhead just for crossbows. Because uh, there at the shop, what we saw time and time and time again is these crossbows keep getting faster and faster, okay? Um, and these broadheads can't, can't keep up with them. They're, they're just shattering. They're, they're splintering. They're breaking. They're snapping off. I mean, they're just, they're just breaking. So many broadheads are brought back in the shop just to show us how bad, how badly they perform. We're like, man, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. So I went back to the drawing board and um, uh, front deploy crossbow uh, broadhead. But with the broadhead, it's it's a single piece titanium ferrule, no springs, no clips, no bands, nothing. It's a, it's a cam system that's cammed from the rear, opens from the front, and the blades are either 054 for the 100 grain or 07 for the 125 and the 150. So they're great, big, monstrous blades. Um, we've shot them through everything we possibly could with a, a 470 foot feet per second crossbow. And man, it just walked through everything just absolutely everything. 
So it handled everything. So I know these are going to perform well. Uh, we got a really good response this season on them. You know, we're sold out continuously since, well, for months now. So as soon as they get product in, it's out the door. So um, they're going to do well for us. And, uh, you know, we're doing, we have sites now, we have broadheads, and we have releases. So, and we got some other things planned, you know, for the future as well, for other designs. So when I was in the shop and I saw some of the releases that you had, you had a couple of different kinds. You've had, you have a thumb release, you have a couple of wrist mm -hmm. releases. Um, some of them were on a string and then some weren't. Do you kind of want to walk yourself through those and kind of let everyone know what you do offer for the yeah. releases? Yeah, we have, uh, we hit every price point on our releases. You know, we start from the, from entry level at, at a 1999 release that is, uh, you know, Velcro strap, padded Velcro strap and a pinch to close head that that pinch to close head uh, design is throughout our our release line um it's a very unique design it's pinch to close you don't have to flick the trigger forward you can just pinch the it's a bodiless trigger uh bodiless release meaning the both calipers are have a common access point no one else has that in in the 50 years they've been making releases no one which bothers my mind, come up with a common access point release. Nobody. So um, we designed it, and here we are. So that is in our our that is a um, molded part. Okay, that's a forged part. And then we have the middle middle entry, which is the 29 and 39 releases, which is the same head but different strap configurations to make it more comfortable, more adjustable. And then we have what's called the Pioneer. It's a double caliper. This turkey, there, yeah, couple turkeys coming out, um, and uh, a double caliper with a fold back, a three-position fold back, which we are halfway through getting the patent onto that that three-position fold back, and that's a double caliper. Then we have a single caliper, middle entry, a middle middle position release. It's uh, what is it, fifty-nine dollar release, uh, shoots clean, single jaw, uh, fold back, and then we have the Maverick, which is um on paracord but the paracord is also uh inside runs through a spring and the spring holds it in place so you can put that that head in any position and the the maverick is the same as the rest of them but this one's a machine so it's, it's considerably smaller okay and then um goes from there up to our upper line which is stainless steel fold back uh releases that have um, a continuous loop or a non-continuous loop. The, uh, the Cobra ribbon on it is reflective. It has a, a slide-out buckle, a quick disconnect buckle. Um, it has a single connection uh, post. And both of those come in, well, they all three of them come in uh, a single caliper, which is our terrain, the double caliper, which is our wilderness. And then we have a hook um, that is the moment. And then the select which has four different triggers as best as just like the moment but it comes with four different triggers you can swap them in and out and then on top of that last and final is the harvester and that is our handheld and that comes with a two three or four finger option and a wrist strap lanyard and that thing shoots incredibly well um it's a it's a really good uh, uh volume for us in the way of uh, sales that's uh that's a well-received release um, there for a period of time. I don't know any more of it is or not, 
there for a stretch of time. It was the number one release in Lancaster Archery. Number one selling release at Lancaster Archery. So that was pretty cool. Um, but that's kind of our, our release line. We have a double joint. We have a couple other miscellaneous uh, things. We have a what's called a tech tool. It's a no-fire release that has the fold back and a swivel head. Um, and then it, uh, the double joint, which is a, dis- a quick disconnect between your stabilizer and your riser. Um, but we have a bunch of other designs we just didn't come forward with. We got some really, really, really cool designs coming for 22, 23, and 24. But you can't put it all out at one time. No, because so. then it would all sell, and then you wouldn't have anything else to come out with in the future. <laughs> yeah, and it also confuses the customer by coming out with too much at one time. They have no idea what to pick because you got too much in front of them. Got to let it marinate too. So, yep, and that's 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 Cobra in, in a nutshell. Um, it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work. I could imagine. What made you want to even take that that on? Well, that's a good point. Um, it's a good question. Uh, since I was a kid, this is no lie. Since I was a kid, since I was Elias's age. Elias is 11. Since I was his age, I've been drawing and I've been sketching and I've been designing new products forever, forever. I mean, when I was when I was Elias's age, I even sent something into um, Rebel, the, the fishing lure company, when I was uh, when I was 11, and and when I was a, when I was a kid, I uh, I was probably 13, 14. I sent something to Coleman about their sleeping bags. And when I was when I was in my teens, this was way back, early teens, now mid teens, mid late teens, I had some mountain bike designs, and and you know everybody turns you down flat cold because you're just you're, you're nobody coming out of nowhere, but every one of those designs that I submitted to whatever you know pie in the sky dreaming you know what I mean as a kid, every one of those designs are now in the marketplace and they're and they're commonplace. Jeez, crazy! So yeah. now you've just learned it that you, probably, you can't can't turn those over, and you're going to have to keep them under your own hat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, um, you know, I've been blessed to be able to design things fairly quickly, and 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 simple. And uh, you know, I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to 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 take some of my blessings that I've been given and and put them to good work. So that's what I've been doing. You know, that's, that's so awesome. So what's, what's a little bit different. I want to, obviously we're a full outdoor podcast, so we can talk fishing too. So I kind of want to, I, I kind of want to yeah. know about this whole, the whole decoy, uh, lures here. Yeah. Um, I'm actually very interested yeah. to hear yeah, about they, this. What, what makes them different yeah. from any other lure? Well, there's a couple of things. I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to see. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Um, they have, I was, was, with the utmost certainty, uh, these lures. We call them iron decoy because they're this initial brand of lures that we're having right here. This initial, I shouldn't say brand, model of lures that we have are metal. Okay, they're spoons. Okay, okay. but they're not your typical spoon. They're not shaped like your typical spoon. And on top of that, they do not swim like your typical spoon, okay? And um, they're really, look how close these turkeys are getting. These turkeys are, my 
How close are they? They're they're eighteen yards. There's I'd, there's two hens and one, two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven peeps. Now wow. they're oh. bigger now, but they're right here in front of the they're right here in front of the truck. She's coming in, look at one eye at a time, looking at us. That's so oh, yeah, awesome. No, yeah, yeah no, there's there's twelve peeps and there's two hens right here. They walk. They, we have a ground blind. They're standing literally what nine feet from the ground blind. <laughs> I mean, she is literally. I'm not lying to you. She is. I'll stay down a little bit low, Elias. I don't want her. The, we have the the windows in the truck are tinted on the side, but they're not tinted in the front. But she's walking right. Elias, stay still. Stay still. Oh, that's it. She's done. <laughs> yep, see that? She picked you up. Busted. See that? Did you see that, Elias? Yeah. Yep. Yep. They're trotting away now. Yep. That's too cool. I like your studio better than mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there they are. I mean, I mean, she's still only what she's what twenty yards at that point right now. But she was literally eight yards from the truck. Wow, eight that's yards. so awesome! It's so good yeah. to hear that you have a lot yeah. of pulls and peeps and kind of th- that because you know the other day we seen two here and none of them had little ones with them. I couldn't believe it. It was totally mind blowing to me. What? Yeah, well, we used to have a ton, an absolute ton of turkeys here. And like the last two or three years, I know we're getting off subject here, but the last two or three years, they kind of just thinned out. I mean, like, just like thinned out, thinned out, like gone, gone. You know, we had some, we shot a couple here, there, but it wasn't like eight years ago, nine years ago when we were just, it was a sea of them, right? And then this year, you know, we had the 17-year cicada come back, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And these these hens had enormous hatches, and I mean enormous hatches. We see a big group of turkeys almost every day, don't we? Don't we? Yeah. Just about every day. The other day, at the end of our lane, our neighbor counted sixty-three of them together. Wow, that's so awesome! That's so incredible. We always come up here, and, and yeah, and we get these food plots up here, and the and the, and the soybeans and whatnot, and and I never thought we'd have this many turkeys that quickly come back but we can we can see i bet you we probably almost every day see a a flock of turkeys somewhere on our property now that we just didn't see before you'd see six or eight together like oh i saw some turkeys today but now we're like oh yeah i don't know i don't know if it's the same group or not but man there's a pile of turkeys around now we didn't see three different groups on in one day one time and and that was different parts of the farm so we knew it was a short period of time. We knew they were separate. But that's we got that's nice great to hear, honestly, now. because I was kind of nervous, especially up here. I mean, we, we would have a ton of turkeys, and then I didn't know if it had, like, related to the fact of some of the ground predators, you know, fox or, or coons or whatever, because obviously trapping is kind of a dying breed. I don't know about down there, but, like, up here, no one's trapping because the money – there's no money in it no more. Yeah. They can't sell pelts. I mean, it's just – and and it's just a dying yeah, breed. Yeah, I mean, the young the youngs aren't getting into it. Yeah, the, the fur industry got got decimated. But we do we do some predator hunting here. We, we have more predator hunters than we do trappers now. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you guys have do you guys have fishers up there in Connecticut? Oh yeah, yeah. We got a pile of them. Yeah, and they've put a no, dec- we, they've decimated they, everything. Well, you know, because they can climb trees like a cat. You know what I mean? Well, we have bobcats so, too. You know, they got, yeah, we have, you know, we, when I was a kid, we didn't have bears. We didn't have bobcats. We didn't have coyotes and we didn't have fishers. We didn't yeah. have any of those four predators. We didn't have any of them. Now we have all of them with, uh, with regularity. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we killed Bobcat here. We killed Bob here, uh, uh, Bear here on the farm. We killed Kai here on the farm. We didn't get a fisher yet here. Um, I haven't seen one here on the farm, so I'm on the next farm over. So it's just a matter of time we run run into them with the the gun, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But but anyway, I was kind of got off the beaten path there. I apologize. No, it's all um, good. That's I, what it's I, all I about. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll uh, yeah. I couldn't really have turkey this come in. Um, I'll leave it at this. The fishing lure is absolutely phenomenal. It crushes fish and it has the most left right motion, side to side motion. You will see absolutely anywhere on the planet. It is incredible how it swims through the water. I mean, so, it looks like a crazy stair, a crazy jacked up steroided salamander. Isn't that what I ask? Yeah. It does. And we have some innovation on there that I don't want to talk about yet that we're filing a patent on. That's pretty cool. So what species so, are, are they to target with uh with the decoys? Well, yeah, good good question. We have five different sizes, okay? One's a, an inch and a half. The spoon's an inch and a half long, okay? And that's going to be, you know, your ice fishing guys and your panfish. And you can do some trout fishing with that. And then a two-inch one that's primarily just for trout. Trout and... Say that trout and uh, shad mm-hmm. would probably be, you know, and crappie. Crappie for that, or I'm down south, I guess it's crappie, but uh, <laughs> those three for the two inch. Um, and then we have a two and three quarter, which is primarily a, a large mouth, small mouth uh, deal, okay, for, uh, for the for rivers and lakes. And then we have a three and a half inch long one, which is going to be primarily. Uh, you know, the larger, you know, it's going to be the upper end of the smallmouth, largemouth. It's also steelhead walleye. Okay? okay. And then we have the big monsters, which are uh, four and a quarter. Um, so with, with all the bells and whistles on them, like the four and a quarter, it's actually a six and a half inch lure. It's, it's a monster. So, mm-hmm. and they range from a 12th, 12th ounce, 10th ounce, quarter ounce, half ounce, full ounce. Um, and we have, we just have 80 skews this year amongst the, the five sizes, but, um, you know, we got picked up by the nation's largest wholesaler, um, this summer for 22. So, um, we're looking forward to that. So we're, uh, feverishly putting together all of the product lines and, and getting all the samples done, getting all the clamshells completed, get all the insert cards completed, getting all the photography done, the catalog, everything A to Z, all the booth setup stuff. So there's always something going on. So That's crazy. So it kind of keeps you busy. How do you have, how do you have time to even go out and hunt and fish? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. But no, we, 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 uh, we do get out. I get out to, I get out to do my bow hunting. I, I do. I usually make time for my bow hunting. And then we spend, you know, this year was probably the, we didn't get a whole lot of time in the river this year. A couple of reasons, because the river here in Pennsylvania, it's been high muddy quite a bit. How about lies? Yeah, brown is right. So normally, we go out and we clown around, and uh, we'll catch a, we catch a few bass. But we kind of target the catfish when we're all together as a family. Um, it's a little easier. It's a little more fun with the whole family doing it. And then um, our our boat that we have is set up for the river. But when we when we had the boat made, we had it made extra wide. So the deck on the boat 
is large enough to put a, a four man tent on. Oh, so wow. we camp out on the boat on the river. So it's nice. a lot of fun. That sounds yeah. like a good throw smart a tent call. Out and they, oh man! Oh man! It's insane! It's insane fun. Kids are climbing around, swimming in the river. We get bass in the river. Get cleaned up. Do a little fishing. Me and mom fish till wee hours in the morning. They're fast asleep. We're hanging out. Get up next morning. You know, put over to one of the islands, make some breakfast, some bacon and eggs. It's a lot of fun. It's it's an absolute blast. I enjoy it. <laughs> so why don't you take us a little bit through um, your last deer season? Let's hear a little bit about that. Kind of, I know Ooh. Pennsylvania is kind of one of them oh. hidden secrets. Yeah, I had a, I had, <laughs> yeah, if all seasons to take you through, this is not the season to take you through. I had a, I believe it or not, you know, I had a, I didn't even draw down on a buck in archery season. Didn't even do it. It was craziness. I didn't even do it. Um, hunted the whole season. Um, I zigged, they zagged. I saw a fair amount of buck, but they're all at distance. And I just couldn't, the next to the last day, I had a good one. I drew, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I drew on him, but he was 32, three yards and he wasn't really liking what he was doing there. So he was a little bit spooky. And I wasn't going to shoot him at that distance anyway. Um, he came down off the bank. I tried to do everything I could to try and talk him into coming down to, to talk to me. And um, he come down, poked around a little bit, couldn't get an air at him. He never came close enough. But uh, me and the boys, um, this is a funny story. Um, me and the boys... Uh, we're driving out the lane. We were driving over to the other side of the, we're going out the lane to go over to hunt against the mountain with the boat. Cause the boys are going to climb in the, what well, we have, what we call a bunker. Okay. We have a, we have a, a food plot, but we made a bunker. So you guys ever see the, um, the African hunts where they, they hunt like in a, in a hut where they, they, their, their chest is at ground level. Oh yeah. yeah. And I can't tell you how many times yeah. I've gone, man, that would be sweet right here at this spot. Yeah. Well, we did that. Okay. We, nice. we had a, we, there's a, there was a bank, picture the mountain, mountain comes to a field edge. There's a little belly in the field and that's where the food pot is. And then it starts to ramp up and away from the mountain. So we put, we had it excavated and then a buddy of mine, I got 66 untreated locust railroad ties from him. This great big one. Wow. The oversized one. Yeah. They're like, they were like nine foot three. I mean, great big monsters. I got 66 of them. We had the place excavated, and then we just stacked them. The whole way around, just just kept stacking them, stacking them, stacking them, until we got, I don't know, we are probably eight, eight, eight and a half foot high. And then we put logs over top of it, okay? So the whole roof is railroad ties, too. It's totally encased in railroad ties. And you can physically stand in the bunker. The, the the ground it's ground levels at your chest. You can stand fully up and down and shoot your bow, and your your top limbs not nowhere near close to the ceiling. Awesome. So it is, and it, and then what we did is we covered the entire thing with dirt. So now the 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 farmer that farms our property, he can just drive right over it with a tractor and mow it. It's incredible. And <laughs> we were heading over to the bunker. Yeah, and we shot a we shot a fall deer this year. So, but I should say last year, but. They killed a bunch of deer out of it. But anyway, we were heading over there, and we were going out the lane. This is a funny story. We were going out the lane, 
and we look off the just the edge of the lane, and the boys go, "Hey, Dad, there's there's like six or seven deer right there." I'm like, "I am not shooting a deer from our lane. That isn't even hunting." <laughs> what happens? We go around. I'm not lying. We go around the corner, and there's a doe standing right along the lane. Okay, but it's a doe that was sick. We had had her on camera for like what three weeks maybe Elias and she was really really just like bones all bones skin and bones and she just she had no fear of anything anymore I don't know what disease she had who knows um but I'm like if I see her I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot her and and we I got out of the vehicle I said you guys stay in the vehicle I got out and uh I walked up to her within 18 yards and she just stood there and looked at me you know, she's standing along the lane. I'm standing in the middle lane. So I, I, I shot her. That, of course, that's not the the first uh, the first impression you want to give your boys of shooting a whitetail is watch them shooting one from the lane, standing there in a pair of jeans. <laughs> but that's, that's how that reality. went. And then I killed a – yeah, exactly. Um, I killed a doe out west um, in Missouri. I shot her, I don't know, 20, 30 yards, 20, 20 couple. And then – Come back home and finish the season here. And, man, I got shot out. I got shot out. And then for Christmas, Melissa bought me a, a flintlock that I knew nothing about. And I never I never owned a flintlock. Never, uh, I never even shot a flintlock. I had a, I had a cabin ball when I was a kid. But I never yes. shot a, a flintlock. And I sh- shot it in two days after Christmas. Um, Christmas was on a Friday. I went out that Saturday, because that was late season opener PA. I went out that Saturday with my bow, and there, oh, my gosh, we saw so many deer. It was ridiculous. And then I went out the following Monday with the flintlock, and wouldn't you believe it, I shot a really solid, solid eight point. Mm-hmm. Trotted right out in the field, and he just coached. By the time he coached to do a stop, I throttled him. And he was only like 22 yards. I could have shot him with my bow. Oh. But that was uh, – yeah, right, exactly, you know. Um, yeah, but that's but one that thing I cool. like about Pennsylvania, cool. though, is they have a flintlock season, not not an open muzzleloader season, a flintlock right. season, which keeps it traditional. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, you don't have yeah. guys out there you with guys, these magnums that can shoot 500 yards. You're still shooting traditional muzzleloader. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize what I did until after the guys at the shop like, dude, you got one with a with a flintlock. I'm like, yeah, I was the first, first yeah, time I took it out hunting. That's pretty dang yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, dude, you got to write that down because that never happens. You you have more luck with your bow than you would probably a flintlock. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got a little lucky there. I'm not. I, listen, I, I'm okay with being lucky. I hey, got no problem. I'll take luck over skill time. every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luck doesn't take any time to get ready for. Yep. So. <laughs> But that was my season. How about you guys? How'd you guys make out? It was a good season. We did pretty good. Uh, we put down a, a handful of does. Uh, we actually hunted down in Ohio. We had the trip of a lifetime. Um, we we seen a ton of deer. Uh, I shot a ha- a really nice one. And then um, mm-hmm. we just learned a, a mega ton about it. Um, and we're looking about going yeah. back again this year. We're super excited about it, honestly. You know, we've been up here hunting yeah, the mountains in the Shenandoah and up in Connecticut for so long. It was it was kind of strange out hunting ag and blocks of timber. Uh, it was foreign to us. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I've I've been going out west hunting since 2005, 
Okay, and, and and you know, my entire existence, I grew up in right here in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains, where it's all it's all uh, grain, you know, grain and woods, you know, oh, yeah. mountains, streams, and it's you know, rolling hills. And you get out west, and you're you're hunting these small chunks of timber, and you're hunting these little tiny tree lines. And I'm like, I'm I'm hanging a I'm hanging a tree stand on a tree line that's no wider than my truck but i'm hunting it you know what i mean i feel like i'm sticking out like i'm like i'm hanging on a telephone pole you know what i mean nope. mm-hmm. it, it's a foreign but, feeling but yeah it does it takes a season or two to understand that it took me a season or two to kind of get my head around that and learn that but then after season two i learned that you know you know you shoot these these deer come out of nowhere you know like oh my gosh these deer are so used to no, there, there's some more deer i see right there there's some music down there. Speaking of field edge. See, right? Yeah, right there. They're right on the field edge. You're right in the beat. Oh, that's a good buck. I just saw an animal down there. I love it. Oh, Elias, you got, we don't have any binoculars. Oh, dude. That's a first. That That's the first time we've had live sighting of a good buck on the podcast. Dude, he's sitting right. Oh, there's two of them. Oh, my. There's two of them. He just raised his head on a base too. That's probably about 17 inches wide. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I love it. <laughs> right there. Look at him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, big old chunky dough with him. That's oh, so that awesome. Floppy, stinky dough. Yeah, that is. Yeah, there's two. I mean, they're they're. They, I don't mean to interrupt, but man, they're big bodied animals. I'm trying to stretch. Yeah. There's some things in life that are way more important. <laughs> Look, you're out Dude, there. This is ridiculous. That one. What's well, yeah. a good dark hide on it? See the one close to the edge of the wood. I to get a dark hide on. Oh They're they're both solid eights, aren't they, Elias? See, and this is what it's about. You're out there with your boy watching these deer out in this field. Show or no show. I mean, that right there is parenting done right. It it kind of takes me back to when I was a kid. It's my pops would bring us down to the local field. There was this one field, not huntable or nothing, yeah. but he'd take us down there and we'd sit there in the trunk. It'd just be just like what, what you and your boy are doing right now. It's, it's, it's making those proper memories. Yeah, absolutely. This is pretty cool. Elias, isn't it? Man, I'm happy for you guys. Yeah, yeah me too. I think it's absolutely yeah. awesome. I, we need to swap uh, studios. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, love to no sit in bean side instead of in this yeah. dark room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, I tell you what, because we got this tree stand right here beside us. It's like 35 yards away. And then across the field in the corner over there is another tree stand. And my myself and my buddy are going to hunt both these tree stands together at the same time on opening day. Oh, that's so awesome. We're going to... Yeah, you know what? This is I just called the farmer this past week. Well, actually, I called Chuck yesterday, and he's going to be starting to farm my parents' farm because the farmer that was farming it this year is retiring. So Chuck's going to take over that other piece, right? So I called him. I said, hey, Chuck, what's it going to take to uh, not harvest this field that I put this new tree stand in? If I, <laughs> if I mark it off and you just not run the, run the combine through it, he goes, yeah, Jake, just mark it off where you want to. He's I'll just stay out of it. So... <laughs> Okay. Because we got 15 acres of beans. Yeah, 15 acres of beans right here. And we're going to take like a, a 75 yard strip of it and not harvest it. And we are just going to murder whitetail. <laughs> I love it. Um, 
can't wait to see it. Jake, I do have a, I do have yeah. a question for you and it's a question we kind of yeah. ask everybody. And I would really like to hear yeah. your opinion being on the innovative side of it is what would you want to change about the outdoor industry? Um, a good question. That's a, that is a good question. Um, oh, there's another deer come out. Um, um, what would I change? That's a good question. There's a bunch of stuff. Um, give me a second here. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> the industry itself, the industry itself. Um, I would like to change the judgment. What do you mean another. by that? You know what? Here's the here's way I look at it. Guys will get irate with someone that shoots a scrawny little six-point, okay? And guys will say, oh, you shouldn't shoot doe or you got to shoot doe or whatever, you know, or, or – you shouldn't you shouldn't shoot fish with a bow and you shouldn't do this and you should throw everything back. You know what? If it's completely legal, it's okay. Let the person go. Let them have fun. I see too much of other sportsmen, other you know, other guys that hunt and fish. I rate with other guys that hunt and fish for the silliness of not throwing something back. Or shooting with a bow when it's completely legal. Or shooting a little six-point because that's what he wants to shoot. Let the man shoot a six-point. He wants to shoot a six-point. Nobody cares. If he, if he enjoyed it and he had fun, let him do it. If that's what he likes to do, let him do it. You know, if he wants to wait on a big monstrosity, let him do it. You know, you know, you, know, you get guys that, you know, these guys that uh, just really just judge everybody because they're not doing, you know, we should all get down on our knees and thank God that that's the worst thing going on in our life right now, that we got to worry about what someone else is hunting and fishing and judge them. You know, um, that, that, that kind of stuff upsets me. Outside of that, everything else is okay. It's just, uh, guys <laughs> like to look down their noses on everybody else, you know? It's so true. Um, and I wish that wouldn't take place. I, I wish that wouldn't take place, you know? It's just uh, you see a post of, a, of somebody put a post out of a you know waypoint. point. The guy's happy as a clam. You'll have you'll have three congratulations, and you'll have fifteen people telling him he should have let it walk. Why? The guy wanted to shoot it. It's perfectly legal. He could be out doing drugs and robbing a gas station or beating his wife. No, he's out with nature, having a good time, having a successful hunt, gaining knowledge, and having fun. But yet they want to rain on them. You know, I do, I'm not down with that. Yeah. You do I, whatever you want to do. You, you hit, you hit a, you hit a, a very good point with that is gaining knowledge. And I think a lot of people don't understand that is if they're say that that person is a newer hunter or hasn't hunted a ton and wants to learn and he shoots that mm -hmm. six pointer. The only way that you're going to learn something is by taking whitetails. Mm -hmm. So when he shoots a 180, yep. he know has the knowledge yeah. to track and understand what exactly. it's all about. It's the same as being a young boy exactly. and starting, just like like your son. Yeah, he's gonna shoot as many deer as he yep. possibly can, so that when he is our yeah. age, he he has all the knowledge in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I I tell all the kids that come in the shop, they're like, "Oh, I got a big buck on camera and this." And I'm like, "Listen, have you ever shot a buck? No, but I want to wait on this." I'm gonna say, I always tell these kids, "Listen, get some under your belt." 
shoot some, get some experience, gain some knowledge, gain some experience. I said, because if you wait on that 135-inch, 140-inch buck that you've been waiting for years and years and he turns into 150, you are going to blow it when he comes up. And you try shoot him, it's all going to go south on you. 100%. Get the experience so when you, do get, when you do get the opportunity to kill a good one, you'll know what to do. You won't fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. So, it's so true. That's, you know. Yeah, I, I I take what the good Lord gives me, and I'm happy with it. You know, that's right. I'm uh, I, I'm happy with what comes along. You know, if a if a scrawny little five point comes along and and uh, I feel like shooting at him, well, I'm going to shoot at him. You know, now I'll do my trophy hunting out west. Even if I didn't go trophy hunting out west, I'd still shoot that five point. Yep, because <laughs> I want so to. True. Well, yep. see, and that's the thing. I don't that care what anybody else says. We've said it for years. Is if you want to get good at killing deer, you got to kill deer. You got to kill deer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you got a lot of TV hunters out there, and we should do this and do that. No, you'll learn once you try and kill a pile of them. That doesn't work, and you got to do it this way, you know? Exactly. So, And all that, all that knowledge and experience gained, you know, will turn you into a good hunter. But you can't do it if you don't do it. No. What? What better to segue into? I want to know, Jake, what drives you outdoors, my friend? Me? Yeah, what drives you outdoors? Oh, my. Uh, Other than your car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, What drives me to go go outdoors? Yeah. Yep, what drives you? Uh, You know, uh, just the love for it, you know. I, I love I love seeing the sunrise, you know. You know I, I love that. You know, uh, love that gunpowder smell. You know, I like to see. I like to see a filled tag. You know, you like to, you know, you freeze freezing half to death in your tree stand, but when you come back, you sleep really good. You know, one of those days when you're out in the woods and you've just been freezing cold so long. As soon as you get down, get you don't get a chance to get your boots off in your sleep. One of those days, you know what I mean? And then you get those days that you struggle and you struggle and you struggle, and then you're finally successful, and it just makes it so sweet. It's the sunrise. It's God's creation, watching it all come to life, you know, watching the fawn ripping running around, seeing things you don't get to normally see. I got to see a, a clutch of grouse one time. She had 12 peeps with her. Those things were about the size of, of ping pong balls. And they just went by me one day, just walking on the ground. That kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Just the the stuff you just don't get to see. You know, the blessings you you just take for granted. You know, I love a sunrise. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. You, you described it to the T. I think everyone should think like that. I mean, you've just you've hit the nail on the head, honestly, Jake. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun and. I know, I know there's a lot of people just like you guys and, and you know, everybody that's going to be listening and listening, you know, they feel the same way. You know, there's it's nothing like it. There's just, there's absolutely nothing like it. You know, fishing too. You know, you go out there and, man, stick, laying into a good one. Just laying into a good one. Everybody's always chasing that good one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't happen, but you can always dream of it, you know, and that's what gets you out of bed. You know? Well, it ain't going to happen if you don't get out and go do it, so... There's always that. Roger that. <laughs> well, before we let you go real quick, can you let everybody yeah. listen and know where to find you 
and how to get involved, follow along and uh, keep up with all the new stuff you got going on. Um, you can, you can find us, uh, you know, our base camp outfitters is our shop. Um, we have a pretty active Facebook page there. Um, our Instagram page for Facebook's not that, but, it, um, uh, base camp outfitters, LLC, Facebook page, Cobra archery, uh, com, Um, and also iron decoy.com. That's where you can find us to stay up to date. Outstanding. Everybody out there, make sure you check them out. Give them some support. Uh, this is technically, I mean, you look at it, it's a local shop. So you hear shop local mm-hmm. and shop local, only it's on a national yeah, level now. Sure. So congratulations on that. And uh, we're going to go ahead and turn it over and let you get back to enjoying that field, watching them deer. We do expect uh, pictures or yeah. a description or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, once they're close enough, well, you can get a picture. We we hope yeah. to see what you're looking at there. They're and, closer now. They're probably inside of what 100 yards now. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, you guys yep. make sure you enjoy the rest of the evening because you're coming into that beautiful time yeah. of the night. And uh, I hope everyone yeah. listening takes a minute to appreciate what's going on right now. You got a father and a son out watching deer in a field at sunset. Take that into heart and go do that for yourselves. Take your family out, take your wife out, take your kids out and, and just go experience it. I mean, that's what the outdoors is about. So we want to thank you for your time and for everything you're doing in the industry, as well as, as a father and as a businessman, it makes a difference. And with that well, being I, said, I appreciate you guys having me on anytime. I, do. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, Trevor and Steven, I just want to thank you again you want to give him a thank you, Elias? Thank you. You're welcome, no buddy. Problem, buddy. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. It was, it was an honor and privilege to be on with you guys. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get together after the season again. You bet. Well, guys, let's wrap it up there. Thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. <laughs>